This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your truthiest life Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Truthiest Life. It's your host, Lisa Haim, and I'm very excited to bring you this week's episode with Alexis Joseph, who's an accidental expert in finding clarity in those murky moments. Alexis used the phrase decision paralysis when we spoke, and I felt so outed and seen because I've been in decision paralysis for a long time, trying to do it all when, quite frankly, I can't. One of the things that came from this conversation was the decision that I'm announcing here for the first time and more tomorrow on Outway podcast that I'm going to be stepping back from Outway, a podcast that I co-host with Amy Brown. This was not an easy choice to make. This podcast has been in the works and happening for two years. We have impacted so many people and educated about the effects of disordered eating and the way that food can be a form of pseudo control and the amazing things can happen when you're liberated from that and learn to live in line with your body rather than against it. This podcast is and was a passion project, but I also know that becoming a mom, I just have a lot less in me right now to do it all well. So I'm gonna be sharing a little bit more tomorrow on Outway as to why I'm stepping back and what you can continue to get from this podcast that will be going on without me. So that was one of the things that Alexis really helped me to realize that being in a state of paralysis, not making choices on both big and small things in our life have consequences. So more on that in this episode coming up today. 
I also want to thank you for your enthusiasm and support of the revive of this podcast, The Truthiest Life. As many of you know, we rebranded same great content, but with a new visual look that better represents us. We've got new cover art happening that I think really brings the heat. And our Instagram over at The Truthiest Life is going to be taking it up a lot of notches. This account is going to be a place that gets you thinking. We want to awaken your subconscious. We want you to check all the places in your life that you've become complacent and kind of always be doing that inner work with us so that we are shifting and moving so that we can live as congruently as possible as we make our way through difficult seasons of life. As always, we're going to provide tips, tools, and conversations to help you live your truthiest life. So check that out over on the Truthiest Life Instagram, and please give us a follow. Lastly, this weekend coming up is Mother's Day. It's my first official one as a mom. So that's really interesting. Um, I'm excited to kind of be the receiver on this holiday, but I also know that this holiday can and has brought up lots of emotions for me now and in the past. For anyone who is dealing with a complicated relationship to their mother or has experienced loss, is going through grief or fertility struggles, I just want to say that I see you. My friend Olivia Nosita, hopefully you know her because she had an amazing episode on The Truthiest Life that I think about all the time. Olivia is a full-time content creator, but she is one that is living her life so well off of the gram, but also doing such a great job on Instagram. So if you missed her episode, by the way, you definitely want to check that out. But Olivia has a newsletter. And this week for Mother's Day, she asked me to submit my answer of what it means to be a mother. And I wanted to share my short answer with you all. I said, being a mom means relying heavily on my instincts, my intuition, and my introspection to advocate and make the best choices for both my baby and myself. I never expected to find such strength and conviction as a quote unquote mom, but seeing and feeling it inside of me has allowed me to see it in every single woman that I meet, mother or not. I wanted to share that because being a mom has reconnected me to a strength that I lost for a little bit. And now that I've reconnected with it and I feel it, I'm able to see that it's in each and every single one of us. When we get really clear on who we are and most importantly, have the conviction to live out who we are, the world literally trembles. We are so powerful. And I want to offer that to you on this Mother's Day. Let's use this as an opportunity to connect with our divine feminine energy, that soft yet powerful energy that we can all bring to the table every single day. In this sense, we are all mothers. Okay, coming up is this amazing episode with Alexis Joseph. Again, this episode came to me at the right time, so I hope it comes to you at the right time. Alexis made a really big decision, a hard one in her life. She's leaving behind something that she's worked hard to build for a really long time, and she talks all about how to make these big choices so that we can live aligned and happily and exactly how to do it. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Alexis. All right. Welcome back, Truthiest Life fam, and welcome, Alexis, to our amazing community. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you, but for some background for our listeners, anyone who's not familiar, Alexis is a registered dietitian. She is an OG blogger behind Sapien. She's the co-founder of Alchemy Brands and a new-ish mama. Your baby's 14 months, I think, right? 
you wear a lot of hats. That's that's for sure. So this year, why I'm so excited to talk to you is because, I mean, I feel like everybody's been through a lot in the last two years, but you have gone through a little extra. Um, you got married, you had a baby, you were in a car accident. A lot of things happened to you and happened with your want as well. But it's really clear to me through your social posts that you're on the other side or making your way out the other side and you have a lot of clarity and confidence. Is it true? Yes. I feel like, yeah, I was like stuck for, for a very long time, like going to therapy and just feeling like, yes, stuck in every sense of the word about just personally and professionally and someone who kind of like define, like I define myself as, you know, having my shit together and just like having a plan. And then little by little, I was like, I just don't know what I even want to do in like all the realms of life. And I definitely feel like kind of on the other side of that, I, I feel like a sense of calm that I haven't felt in a long time. And it's, it's a journey, you know, I don't think I have a perfect state of mind, you know, at any time, but definitely feeling a lot more confident than I did before. You recently made an announcement on your Instagram that you're stepping down from a big role that you've been part of with Alchemy Brands, which is a chain of restaurants, I believe. Is that the accurate way to describe Alchemy? Yeah, it's a collection of wellness-inspired food concepts. You got it. Yeah, we have two brick-and-mortar locations, and we have a meal prep delivery service. Okay, so you, as long as I've known you, which is at least five, six, seven years, you know, you have been running this. And I really want to kind of slowly understand how you made this decision. But before we do, I want to kind of get to know you as a person, but also as a atypical registered dietitian. So your career path has not been in the hospital. You, to my knowledge, don't do much private practice. What has your career path looked like? Yeah. Unconventional is definitely the perfect way to describe it. So right out of grad school in 2014, a friend of mine who I'd met in school approached me with this alchemy idea. And I was like, all right, like, sounds great. Like help create a restaurant. Honestly, never thought it would even happen. Then it did. And his family had a background of restaurants in the city. So he had a lot of like that prior knowledge with, you know, distributors and all these things that I didn't know. I obviously did the menu and I used to do nutrition counseling on site and really just like running the place and did that for a few years, was working just like around the clock. Meanwhile, I was doing my blog because I started my blog in 2011 and I'd already had it for a few years at that time. So kind of doing both for a while. And I, like, I always knew I didn't want to do clinical and I knew I didn't want like a traditional career path that size headaches. I knew I wanted to work like in communications, something related to community. I love to write. I love to teach. So, and obviously I love food, but did I ever see myself like legit deep in the restaurant world? Probably not. Um, but learned a ton and we opened our second location in 2018, which was the, more of like a restaurant versus cafe. And then right before the pandemic, we launched the prepared meal delivery service. So I've just really, you know, kind of been balancing alchemy, the restaurants and Hamasapi in my blog, as well as like working with brands on content. Yeah, that's like all I know. And my identity definitely feels and felt <laughs> very connected to those two things. I think it's, I think in this country specifically, we really like attach ourselves to careers and kind of like tend to put ourselves in boxes and it can make you know, making a choice to leave one of those things can, can feel a lot bigger than just leaving a career when you feel like you're, you are the face of a brand or that you've um, like that, that brand is just kind of a part of you. So yeah, it can feel really strange to 
and kind of counterintuitive to leave something like that. 2011, you started your blog, right? I knew your blog first and then alchemy came. Yeah. Your, your blog is pretty major and full-time. So essentially, would you say you were doing two full-time jobs? Yeah, I was definitely hustling. I definitely like was, I don't know that I'd say I had the healthiest relationship with work in my 20s. I had a lot of student loans. I finished school, was very motivated to pay them off. And like I made a full-time income from my blog, but I didn't work on it full-time. I also blogged for five years and didn't make any money. So in 2016, that's when I started to like, okay, cool. This could be a job. Cause like back in 2011, no one was starting a blog, make money. It was like, here's the food I'm eating. And here's this funny recipe. And my picture stuck. It was like, so a completely different landscape than it is now. There was no Instagram. It was just like a passion project. And then when the alchemy opportunity came, came about, it was like, I can't pass up on this. This is so cool. This will use my dietitian expertise. We'll offer onsite nutrition counseling. Like what an adventure. But yeah, I definitely worked all hours around the clock. And, you know, I was like, I didn't have, I didn't have kids. I wasn't married. I was like, let's just kill it now and work our butt off. It was a lot of time spent working for sure. <laughs> and for anybody who's not familiar, the blog is pretty major and the quality is definitely there. If you go, what, how would you describe the recipes that you can find on your blog? They're plant forward. Like I really just want people to like have fun cooking. So I like to write in like a really, like you're talking with a friend, just like approachable, fun humor and like inspiring people to cook. We've had you on our way before the other podcast that I co-host about disordered eating and you and I have been in the space. And at the same time, you've continued to run your blog and your restaurant business at the same time. And we have seen a lot of evolution of you through your brands. Can you share a little bit about how first your relationship to food has really changed since you started blogging in let's call it 2011? Yeah. Wow. It's like such a drastic shift. I definitely was struggling with disordered eating. Obviously it wasn't something I realized until I was, yeah, just kind of uh, became friends with a lot of dietitians in the intuitive eating space that like, I feel like then we didn't even call it that, but you know, I loved food before I loved nutrition and got kind of like super passionate about it. And then I, I think I kind of took that step and like imbalance the scale to maybe like, well, definitely leaning like way deeper into obsession to with health. that was definitely unhealthy orthorexia. Right. And I started feeling this like shame around food blogging and like clean eating and wellness blogging. And I was like, holy shit. I think that as a healthy, like at the time we were like healthy living bloggers. And I was like, whoa, I think we're perpetuating disordered eating and it's like kind of an epidemic. And I was like, had this epiphany where I was like, I think I'm part of a problem. I'm not okay with it. And I kind of like expressed that. I wrote this post called I've been changed for good. And I like totally rebranded from like clean eating ingredient obsession, like no chemicals to just like self-love intuitive eating. And the businesses and my blog like really grew to reflect that change. So like we started Alchemy, it was like very like juice bar heavy. It had like a detox salad, like even how we named things. And as I was going through this transition, like our menu definitely got more fun. I would say our second location, like we had a burger on the menu we had, it was just a lot more just like open-minded something for everyone. Not this like strict, everything you get here is like ultimate health food. Still like really transparent about sourcing and really high quality ingredients. But again, not everything has to serve the purpose of health. 
So yeah, it was a huge evolution and it was not an easy one. It was not like in vogue to talk about this in 2016. Like it was not cool and it was hard, but I feel like I was on the earlier side of like realizing that. And I'm really glad that I pivoted because yeah, it was like just staying true, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we were kind of on that journey together, which kind of bound us very early on when, you know, for all of our listeners, nobody was talking about the fact that you could go too far with your health or that it could be obsessive. And I guess the two of us, not to toot our horns, but I guess we have, which could be quite annoying as sometimes like a level of self-awareness. And once you know something about yourself, it's very hard to continue that lie or perpetuate something you now see as a problem. Exactly. And I've always looked up to you as a big time blogger and the way you've used your voice. And it was really cool. I feel like with Alchemy too, because you had this opportunity, it's different to write a blog and attract an audience all over the world that might be able to meet you where you're at. But to create a healthy eating restaurant, but be like, yes, we're healthy, but we're not all about, you know, restriction, which was very in vogue at the time, or, or maybe, maybe a little bit less obvious restriction, but you know, the words like detox were popular to see you really take a stand against that really changed the culture of where you live too. Would you say that? Yeah, for sure. I definitely think the health food world can be kind of dogmatic and like going to I never enjoy the experience where like I would go to a health food restaurant and it would feel like stuffy or pretentious. Like we just wanted to be like super inclusive. Like, Oh, you want sweet potato fries? Cool. You want gluten-free avocado toast? Sweet. You want a donut? Like we just wanted to be like so fun with food. And when people came to us, like you can get your green smoothie and you can get like whatever else you want. Like our motto is like options for all eaters and people. So yeah, it felt super cool to evolve and like parallel that evolution with the culture of our people and our food. And it's so interesting. Like I talked to my business partner about how for a while we like really shied away from juice. Cause it's almost like we almost all were like scared of being like too healthy. And like, it's just, it's been such an interesting like transition of how we talk about these things. And it's like, okay, it's still okay. Like you don't feel guilty about like wanting a salad. Like it's all good, you know? And this back and forth of like, where's that happy medium of not being restrictive and not being like fully one way. And I think that's where like living in the gray and not being extreme with health and wellness, you know, that's where it all comes to be. So, yeah, I think that's, that's such a good point. And it's one that people I think really struggle with to understand that you could have a salad and want a salad and that your body might actually want a salad when you stop trying to force it on that. But let's circle back to kind of like your love of food. Where did that come from? a good question. My family would always laugh at me because I would be like, if you have a bite of the mashed potatoes with a bite of the thing, like it's the best combination. They'd be like, you're so like enthusiastic about food. Like when I was eight years old, I took cooking classes from this lady named Betty Buns. I just like loved food an abnormal amount from like a young age. My family definitely like celebrated food. My mom was always buying like cookies from a local bakery and like we went out, to, you know, we just like loved food in our family, but I definitely think it's not like the rest of my family is as food obsessed as I am. I think I just have this natural like passion for food and like the celebration of that. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. 
Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Has your relationship to food and cooking changed since becoming a mom? Kind of curious from my own perspective of feeling a little overwhelmed. Definitely. Like sometimes I'll look at Jeff and I'll be like, I'm such a fake. I can't even make a dinner. This is my job. Like I literally say that to him. I feel like I struggle with like having food on the table like anyone else does. I start guilting myself because I'm like, why is this hard for me? Like I write about this and I'm not even doing it. So I feel like becoming a mom and whether you do or don't work, you know, whatever your situation is, I definitely feel like I've had to have a lot more self-compassion since having Max, even just from an energy standpoint. Like if, if I pick him up from daycare and he's like having a tantrum, like I just don't even have the energy to think about what's for dinner. You know what I mean? And it's like there's seasons of life where, or even weekends where I'm super in the mood to make food. And then there's times where I'm not. And I just don't force it anymore. I'm like, do you want to order sushi? Like, I don't let myself get to the decision paralysis of like spending 20 minutes just thinking if I should make something. Yeah. Actually, when we spoke offline, you used that phrase decision paralysis and it hit the nerve deep in my core because I was like, oh my gosh, I have decision paralysis. And having that kind of awareness that there's a word for an inability to make decisions is kind of like its own form of mindfulness where you can like recognize when you're doing it now and then execute, whether that's, you know what, I'm just going to make the meal or I'm going to order sushi. Is decision paralysis like a part of you? Would you do identify, like, how did you come to know that term and call it out in your life? 
I really struggle with overwhelm. It runs in my family. And is that a genetic thing? <laughs> I, I mean, I like to blame it on my parents. I'm like, oh, my mom and my sister have this. Like, of course I do too. And Jeff's husband's like, you love to blame things on genetics. I'm like, yeah, it's an easy way to explain why I struggle with this. But <laughs> like, I will stress about doing something way out of proportion compared to like how difficult the task is. So like I'll stress about writing a blog post or just the fact that I can't knock them out fast enough. Like let it just really eat away in my head. And then I go to do it. It it takes me 20 minutes and it's fine. And that's always what happens. Like I just really think about things a lot in my head and really like, yeah, I just get in my head and it's always like not proportionate with actually how hard the task was. So I try to just be mindful and like, remember that about myself. And even like when I'm making a, like I order groceries and pick them up, like Jeff will make fun of me. Cause I'll spend like so long. I'm like, okay, did I think of everything? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Just fucking order it. If I like need to go grab almond milk, I will. You know what I mean? So just like taking yourself less seriously at the end of the day. I think it's a really good example of how easy it is to be really hard on ourselves, especially when we have so much on our plate. And it's really important to let the small stuff go, right? Like you said, to remember that you can make a second trip for almond milk or get it delivered. Like there's a lot of technology and advancements are on our side. Has that translated into mom life at all? Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like, like a lot of this is about perfectionism too, which is like something so many of us struggle with. And yeah, like with Max, it's kind of like last night I was feeding him and he just kept throwing his food on the floor and he would like, there was quinoa all over the kitchen and he throws the milk cup. And I'm, I'm like trying so hard and just like, I'm like, stay calm. He's only one year old because he can't reason. And I just find myself often like just trying to meet myself where I'm at, honestly. And motherhood is such a like daily lesson in like choose your battles. I think, I think I just had to remind myself like to just take deep breaths and try to just chill out because he's going to be a baby and there's nothing I can do about it at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's kind of just like control your reaction because that's all you can control. You talk a lot about decision paralysis because of your overwhelm and I guess kind of a little bit of perfectionism that you may have struggled with your whole life. Does that sound right? Yeah, for sure. But you've also made really big decisions in your life that have probably been decisions that most people wouldn't have made. Even with your blog and your restaurants really like gunning for what you know to be true, those were really hard decisions. Are the big decisions easier for you to make than the small day to day? I think the big decisions, not that they're easier, but once I know, like once I feel something in my bones, like, it's like, you know, the decision is made deep down. You don't want to say it out loud because then it's real. I was actually listening to a podcast that was like, it was talking about when, when we say things out loud, it's like, makes us, it's like a serotonin boost. Cause we feel like we're doing it. Like, Hey Jeff, I'm like, I just, I'm going to do this thing, but it's like, you didn't even do it yet. You're just saying you're doing it, which feels good. But anyway, I think like, yeah, once I feel something in my bones and I'm like, all right, I know this is going to happen. It's like a matter of time. It's not necessarily easier, but it's almost like there's no turning back from the big decision because I can't like live in a way that's out of line with my values. You know what I'm saying? For sure. It's like, there's no other choice. I just have to say it out loud and execute. Is there something that allows you to kind of unlock that throat chakra? Like, I think a lot of us 
know deep down that something's not working, whether it's our marriage, our job, something completely bigger or smaller than that. But it just feels like stuck right here. Like it feels stuck right in our throat, right? Like we're so afraid to let it out. Do you have any advice for either how to let it out or what we can do to figure out what's maybe like boiling right beneath? So much of this for me is about fear and fear really comes from inaction. And you compare that to like, like you're afraid because you haven't done it. And it's either that, or it's like looking back and regretting never doing something just because you were afraid of it. And that really stuck with me. And that doesn't have to be a large decision. It could be um, like right now I have this, I have a sponsored content thing I need to do for a brand and I haven't done it because I have anxiety about like not knowing what to do for the concept. So I'm just not doing it. And that inaction is what's causing like all this stress for me. Like I should just sit down and do it and move on. But instead I'm just like lingering in this, like, what am I going to do for this post? Right. You're defining me. Yeah. That's like my life. And I, and like, I, I mean, all the time I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to do it a day before it's due. And <laughs> work well deadline. So as far as like the decision kind of being like halfway there bubbling, what I've found is like, if there's something you know to be true, but you don't want to say it out loud. And like, I'm not some perfect human who like, I I'm like, Oh, this is the right thing to do. I'm just going to do it. Like we all have doubts. I think we all have doubts about everything. That's amazing in life, marriage, our family, ourselves. Like I doubt all of those things often. And I think that having us like, I think skepticism is healthy and it's like what allows us to grow. But what I found was like, if there was something that I was feeling deep down that I was scared to say, because it's like, if it's a thought that lives inside you, it's not necessarily true. But once you say it, you like, it's true. I practice like doing that with a thought that I had in my head that was very uncomfortable. I said it to my best friend and she was like, oh my God, like I totally relate. And this was a, not an easy thing to talk about, right? It's not something you just like want to say out loud because it's cringy and I think that practice of like, is there something that I feel in my bones that I like, you know, could I say this out loud to my sister or is there like a safe space? Or maybe you're not saying it to anyone. Maybe you're literally just speaking the words. Maybe you're writing them in a journal. Like I find getting that stuff out of your body or mind, like that's the first step. And then it's like, okay, is this my truth? Or is this like a manifestation of fear? Like, let's, let's think about this. I love that. I think it's so important to get it out, whether it's to a friend or a journal, like just like get it out. And then I love that you said, just because I said it or think it doesn't mean that it's true, but you've got to get it out. Right. I just read the book, Loving What Is by Katie Byron. And it's all about how we attach to thoughts. And I'm the queen of like false narratives in my head. I'm like, this person's mad at me. This person thinks I'm weird. We just create these stories in our head. It's like what we do. And I'm a like natural born people pleaser. So I have lots of stories in my head about what people think of me and saying something out loud. It's courageous to like be willing to bring it to life, but that doesn't mean it's true. And that's like for you to decide. That's great advice. And I think it's also like, again, go to, go to Alexis's Instagram, but really go to anybody's Instagram. But I want to just use you as an example, because we see this finished product of this, call it a sponsored post or something that went on your blog. When I look out at what everybody else is doing, I've created the narrative that it's easy, effortless for them, that they get it done, that they wake up when, they, when they're time blocking their computer, they're not looking at text messages and nothing else is going on in their life. And I'm the only one that can't you know, manage my time. And that's why I'm inefficient. And I need to come up with this concept 
concept idea for the brand and I don't know what to do, you know, but I feel like seeing right now, everything you just said, I, I know I definitely get you, but like, you know, and I know you from a personal side too, but when I look at your Instagram feed in no way, are you like ever showing up pretending to be perfect? Like that's not Alexis's brand. If you're not familiar with Alexis at all, but I still just see the finished product. And so just like talking about these things that we all go through, these self-doubts when it comes to anything big or small, it feels good to me. So I really appreciate like you saying that. And I also appreciate, like I look up to you as a blogger that really know, like I've been blogging for years, but I do not know how to blog. Like I don't even understand how it works or any of it, but like hearing that you struggle with some of the same things that I do when it comes to like sponsored posts and like all of that time management, you know, it's just, it's just really refreshing to know that we're to remember that what we see is the finished product, but underneath that is all the same human qualities in me and you and in like the greatest influencers, you know, or, you know, people online that we follow. I totally agree. Like I think everyone's faking it until they make it. And it's so funny because I don't know if you identify with this, but like, I will literally have the thought, like, am I a big phony? Like, am I just like, like I literally second guess everything I do because I still struggle with time management. I still, I'm like, multitasking when I know I shouldn't be texting, doing this, buying something from Target while I'm working on this thing, like doing things <laughs> that I know are not productive. And I still do them. As I'm doing it, I'm like, I'm going to do this one task, but also let me buy this one thing from Target. I'll get right back to this task that I'll never ever see again. And exactly. I'm like responding to an email, doing the groceries, blah, blah, blah. And it's like that hustle mindset that's like so unhealthy, but yeah, I mean, I think we'd all be a lot happier and less isolated if we talk, if we were more vulnerable. Honesty is such a gift. And I like when I told my friend this truth that was stressing me out, she felt a weight off her because she could relate and she had never said her truth out loud that related to my truth. And it was this like amazing cathartic moment for both of us because we were like, I mean, we've been friends since we were preschool. It's not like we never tell each other things. It was this moment where it was like, I feel seen. I'm not alone in this issue and no one's perfect. And it's just like, if we could all just be a little bit more vulnerable and take that step, I think, yeah, again, we would all feel like so much more connected. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to 
stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It's not just vulnerability. I feel like a lot of what you've done or that I see in you that I admire is what I'll call like ego work. I don't know if that's true, but every time you've you've pivoted, and I want to talk about your recent pivot in a second, every time you've pivoted in a new direction, you've quote unquote abandoned an audience or, you know, you could have let people down. But if your ego is kind of low, you know, if, if you're not driven by your ego, you're able to really make value-based choices. Have you done like specific ego-based work? I haven't done ego-based work, but this topic is very, like really hits home for me because my decision to step back from alchemy, it was a lot of ego work with that decision. And I think being an influencer and being so in the public all the time with blogging, like you're working against yourself with ego. I mean, like it's all, look at blogging. I mean, it's just like social media is just, kind of built on vanity, like not, not saying this like in a negative way, but it's just like, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Look at this filter. I look good. I'm doing this. Me, 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 me. It's just a vain place. And it just is what it is. And I think I worry for our future generations about like truly that aspect of social media, but you know, the growth and the likes and the like, Oh my God, I'm so cool. People love me. Like the validation we seek, we, we know, like we know what it is with social media. And to me, I feel like being in that space is like an uphill battle every day to stay like grounded and like what actually matters. Not how many people like my photo, all these things that when you're like income and life and job are based like largely in these platforms you don't control. Like it's really hard to not just be in the headspace. But I definitely think that like my identity with alchemy and being like, I'm the co-founder of this brand and like, this is who I am. And if I leave, like, who am I? Like, I'm just a blogger. I'm not even like a practicing dietitian. Like, Mm. what am I doing that's worthy? I mean, I had these dialogues over and over again. And I think like the cool factor and like, what makes me special if I'm not actively, and I'm still a partner, like an invested partner. I'm still an owner of our businesses, obviously. And we'll always care deeply for them. But I think that even just like, stepping back from the the storyline of like, oh, she does so much. She does these restaurants. She does this. She's a mom. And it's like, not anymore. I'm just a blogger. Hi, who am I? Am I worthy? And I, I'm saying just a blogger, like, like as an ironic and making fun of myself, obviously like blogging is so hard. That's just 
kind of a glimpse in like the dialogue in my head. Right. And I mean, that's what I kind of wanted to get to this post that you posted. I was like, well, first of all, I need to catch up with Alexis anyway. But this post really just hit home because it said to love something is to know when it's time to let go. And then you go on to say evolving is tough, but it's also the most integral thing to survival. So what's next? Some more big change because I'm so deeply craving that. Here's to loving what is and what was. There's a lot more of the details of your change on your personal post, but even just that first line to love something is to know when it's time to let it go. I think in my own life, it just really, you know, hit home and it, it definitely is for for other people. And it's interesting because in the beginning, you know, you told us that your your salary from blogging is enough for a full-time job, right? Mm-hmm. But that didn't feel like you were doing enough. Like you had to do more and you had to be this cool restaurateur and all that, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it does sound like you've really worked on your self-worth, which I think we're always working on. Like, I think I've got a decent self-worth, but it's still sometimes tied to followers or who wants to work with me, you know, all those things. This past year of pandemic, um, getting into a car accident, did any of that kind of give you time to refigure out what you need to be doing? I'm definitely competitive and I'm definitely like an overachiever. So I don't think anyone who knows me from being young was like surprised that this is the path I took. And I've been on my own journey in my personal life. Um, I've been like supporting myself independently for a long time. And I think I like I took on a lot of adult responsibilities at a younger age that shaped me and that didn't give me a choice, honestly, to chase what I was doing. But as far as the past couple of years, like I've definitely had to be resilient. I mean, I broke my arm and shattered it in three places when I had like a six month old. It was like literally the hardest thing that ever happened to me. Total my car that I just bought. And I think I kind of like put my hands in the air and I was like, life is not in my control. And it's all good. And like, just how the world changed with the pandemic, our wedding, like all these things. Like I broke my arm two days before we were supposed to go on our honeymoon that we rescheduled for the second time. But it's like, when that happened, like I, when I broke my arm, I wasn't even like, like I was upset about it, but I wasn't like depressed. Like, I think at that point I was just like, I just accepted the fact that like life is just going to dish it out sometimes. And like, I was definitely a victim of like a lot of shit at once, but like who wasn't during the pandemic? And it definitely changed my perspective on life and just like being resilient and being like, yep, it sucks. Like, what are you going to do? You got to kind of just like keep on going. But yeah, I definitely feel like over all this happening, it was like a lot of reconsidering of what my day to day was. I mean, when that happened, like I couldn't work in the restaurants. I was in physical therapy all the time. Like I didn't even have just the time of all the appointments, like so much shifted in that. And I kind of just had to, again, like release control And I think it was a good thing, honestly. Weren't you also in, had like a crazy pre-birth experience, if I'm remembering right? Okay, this is another huge thing. I was in the hospital (laughs) month for Vesa Previa. And this was like in the height of COVID, there were like people with COVID around me, even though I was like a high-risk pregnancy. And what was crazy with me is that I could not have any visitors in my room. Oh my God. Because it was the height of COVID. So I was just so alone. And then I found out later that I never had this disease. And I was like, for a month for no reason. And I'm still getting billed for it. That's for another story. (laughs) Oh my God. Hold on. Can we just pause for a second? So you're in the hospital for a month for this disease. They say you have in the height of COVID, nobody can visit you one month in the hospital room. Nine months pregnant. 
Oh my gosh, that is really traumatic. Well, I say that it was only, it was like if you have vasa previa, which is a very which is a fatal condition. If you were to have a vaginal birth, the baby would die. It's insane. And turns out you didn't actually have that. I didn't have it. And you're still paying the medical bills just to wrap up that story in a nice nice little bow. Well, I'm not paying them. I just got a collection notice today, so we'll see. Give the girl a break, universe. Give her a break. Oh, it's insane. No, yep. but for real. I mean, all these difficult things I feel like do you feel like they kind of like broke you down back to your core that you could find yeah I feel like it made me like humble and it made me like I also try to keep in mind like this is like a kind of random my mom's entire or I should say her dad my grandpa my late grandpa like his whole family was killed in the holocaust okay my grandpa escaped came back to his house a man said I never thought I'd see another Jew my grandpa killed him sorry the man had taken over his house I don't remember if I said that all is to say, like, sometimes I just think, yes, we've all been through some shit, but like, we also don't even know what shit looks like. And not to, pain is not a competition. Like everyone is struggling in their own way, but sometimes I just have to like reflect on things like that and be like, my family was literally died in a concentration camp. Like I can do this. You know what I mean? And that like, I have to think that way to like, keep me going. Not to make any poor comparisons to that but I I definitely felt like in the beginning of the pandemic like the world has never gone through this before we're not gonna make it you know and then everybody was like but then there was the Spanish flu sorry I'm really bad at history so if that's not the right right okay yeah there was the Spanish flu and there was you know that whole thing you know and it was like okay people have gone through hard things before we can get through this obviously the holocaust is is a very close to home comparison for you. (laughs) And it was just a generation above you. So, I mean, to anchor into that is really incredible because I think throughout this podcast, we continue to hear stories about people who are thrown hard things or hard periods of life or in your circumstances, like a bunch of events that none of them took you out, but each kind of chiseled at you. And for a lot of people, they come out of these many situations bitter cold. Life is unfair. F this. The only way to really come out of through it is kind of to soften like you did and throw your hands in the air and like, yes, this sucks. You have to admit the pain. We don't like look over that from an optimistic point of view, but I can keep going. And to your point, what other choice do you have? Yeah. Like, you know, I got to a point where I'm like, what am I going to do? Just like cry about it. Like, and before I made this decision about leaving alchemy, I was like seriously depressed. I felt very lost. I mean, I would literally wake up and cry and just be like, I just feel so lost. And I don't know what to do. So it's not like I'm like, you know, I just got to keep on keeping on. I'm not, I'm definitely not like that. And I, again, like honor the journey. Like this was a process. I wasn't just like, it's going to be okay. But yeah, at some point it's like honor the feelings and feel them. And then when you're ready, like move on, because what am I going to do to sulk about all the shit all day? Like, I'd rather just like keep going and look forward to the future. You know what I mean? And when you made that decision to tell your, I guess, your partner that you were going to step back or step to the side, whatever it kind of looks like for you, how was the reaction? Because I think a lot of us are afraid of the reaction of speaking our truth. Yeah. So this decision was like very mutual between my partner and I. So I had kind of came to him and we had like a very, he's one of my really good friends. We have a really close relationship. And I had came to him, you know, throughout postpartum, you know, one month it was like, Hey, cause I started like, I was supposed to go back at eight weeks. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely not ready. Like I'll go back at 12 weeks. And then it was like, okay, I want to be part-time. And then it was like, okay, I want to be full-time. And it was just like a very like chaotic. He's like, girl, you need to figure shit out. Then I called him crying one day, maybe nine months postpartum. 
I was like totally feeling depressed. I was like, I'm not happy. Like, I don't feel like I know what I want to do. I just don't feel happy with like my role with alchemy. And we had this like really long talk. He knew I was, it wasn't like just alchemy that was depressing me. It was like, just, I needed like therapy. I needed to just like figure out why I felt so lost. You know, I did that. I got therapy. And so all this to say, it was not like one day I was like, Hey, I'm going to step out. It was this like very obvious decision that we both came to because it had been a year of me being like one foot in one foot out the door. And like the writing was on the wall. Like he was, my partner was the one that ripped out the band and was like, he told me like, you need to step back. It wasn't like I said this and he was like, please stay. Um, it was again, a very mutual decision. It was right. I know it was what my partner wanted for the brand. Like I think in some ways I definitely was probably holding the brand back because I just like wasn't my best self and I was operating out of like fear and being kind of like resistant to change. Like he's a visionary. He wanted to take the brands in different directions. And I was just like, so change phobic. There's a better word for that. I can't think of it. Change averse, risk averse. And yeah, I think it was hurting the company. So I think that it was very clear that I was not in the best state of mind. It was clear that like I had kind of lost, like I have such a love for the brand, but like I lost my vibrancy for the day-to-day work with it. And I think like, I was just personally feeling like stale. And so it's like everything I was touching, putting the staleness into, and I felt guilty, you know, like I needed to like step back, but I'm just such a, he was like, you need to like meditate. You need to just like take some time off and figure out what you want. And I'm like, I can't take time off. Like I cannot even like sit down and just like stare at a wall. Like I have to be like doing something. It's a problem. I did a lot of thinking and um, my partner was the one that came to me and said like, you need to step back. And then I was like, oh my God, this is so hard. And this is so right. So it's like, I was the one that brought this like unhappiness to light. And I don't think I really like commend my partner because feeling very like, again, decision paralysis, I knew in my bones that this was the right thing to do, but I don't know that I ever would have been able to say it to him. Like, I want to step out without him like saying it to me. Like he was saying what I was feeling and I could not verbalize it because of definitely because of ego. Like I spent eight years building this brand. I'm just going to step out of it. Like financially, like, again, I put all my work into this and I'm just going to step out of it. Like a lot of it was ego. A lot of it was scarcity mindset with money, even though in my heart, I knew like it wasn't the best thing for me and I wasn't the best thing for it. Did you have like worries of letting him down? Oh, a hundred percent. I still do. I still feel guilt about that. And like, I was letting him down. Like he told me, we had a call where, you know, he expressed to me that like, he felt like he was like on an Island and I had been transparent. Like I cannot give my all to this brand right now. Like I'm just not in the best headspace and it's just not what I want right now. And I am a minority partner and he is a majority partner. And there's obvious like role distribution with that. But I was like, I started this with you as a partnership and now I'm just like, peace. Like that's a luxury that I can just like step out. Like he, you know, he couldn't just do that, but he is always like extremely supportive of, you know, he always says like, we're going to coach you up or coach you out. Like he wants people to be happy. Like I'm not, again, like me staying in the company unhappy is just hurting everyone. So he was always like very grateful that I was honest with him because the last thing he wanted was me staying like when I was unhappy. And I'm just curious when he said it to you, did it feel like a huge relief or did you feel like you were like, wait, he doesn't want me? Like, were you struggling with feelings of rejection in that exact moment? Yeah, it's kind of that funny thing. Like, it's like, okay, who's going to control the narrative? It was like the writing was on the wall, but then he said it. But then I was like, I was thinking it. It's like, who broke <laughs> up with who? Like the, the, the easiest analogy for like how I feel about this is a breakup. It was like, you know, 
it's right, but it's still so hard. You still love the person. You're just like, we're not the right fit anymore. And think about our relationship. You're like, I just spent five years building this and now I'm just going to walk away. You know, it's hard. I feel like it's such a difficult concept as humans to grow and want to grow and then live in a world where quitting, for lack of a better word, divorce, breakups, step backs, demotions, whatever you want to call it, are all viewed as failures. It's like, the self-development world is like, grow, evolve, figure out who you are, change. And then the rest of the world's like, stay the same because change of that equates to failure on a broad front, you know, and just seeing the two side by side. That's why perspective is so important because think talking about growth, like my blog, like traffic has trended down since 2018 and um, it's been really hard. And like amidst everyone being like, here's how you grow and then doing all of it and like not seeing results, which is my personal experience. I totally had moments and still do where I'm like, did I fail? Like, did I not live up to my role? And then just like fail. And am I failing with blogging? Cause I'm not growing. And like, I think that is so important to say out loud because like growth is not linear. And that my partner said that to me one day when amidst like me crying and telling him I was lost and not happy. He said that to me. And it was like the most eye-opening phrase. Like I, no one had ever said that to me. And I think we live in this, you know, we live in this like capitalistic, be productive, do, do everything and do it well. I had this vision for myself, like, I'm going to keep making more money. My role is going to keep growing with alchemy. My blog's going to keep growing. My following's going to keep growing. And like, none of that happened. And at the same time, I've been like so happy lately. We, we think that like all of like our, you know, our happiness is so rooted in like success and success just means so many things, so many different people. And I, you could say I'm like the least successful I've ever been, which like is true, but I'm like feeling great. Cause you're free. Yeah. Like, it's just like, we hold on to things because of like a narrative that's not even true. And just so you know, I feel the same way with my career. I definitely had envisions of this, 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 and this. And not only are none of them true, I'm not even really working towards any of them. And at the same time, I can be happy. And I think that like, just to kind of wrap up this conversation here, the social media space is all about quote unquote self-care until you kind of get to know the underbelly of what it actually takes to grow, which means creating at a robotic computer level in which 18 year olds seem to master, but at the cost of their own mental health, you know? And so I would rather personally not grow in terms of followers, listeners, you know, views, whatever, the things that we're quantified by in our field than ever try and compete with that monster. I cannot tell you how much I relate. I mean, as someone like now that I'm fully doing the blog and social media world, I mean, you literally have to post every day and it is literally a full-time job to keep up with the content. I saw on TikTok that you're supposed to be posting five times a day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I cried when I saw that. And you know why? Because we all know, because like attention is currency and like, it's like stay on the app all day. So, and we'll reward you, you know? And it's- We ain't going to play that game. No. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to go against the grain. It is. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. I feel like we covered so many amazing topics like perfectionism, decision paralysis, overachieving, like really universal 
traits or things that we do that so many people are going to listen to this episode and be like, yes, yes, yes. And apply it to their own lives. Even if you're not a blogger or a restaurateur or whatever, you know, I feel like these are the themes uh, that are recurrent in all of our lives. So thank you for being you. Thank you for, you know, putting this post out the other day about leaving alchemy. It, it really shook me and it's going to continue to have a ripple effect on everybody who knows you and hopefully everybody who listens to this episode too. Love it. Thank you so much. So grateful. And we'll link all of Alexis's information below so you can check out her blog or Instagram and stay in touch as she puts out content in a way that is healthy for her. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.